Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Rebecca Ann Gregory is on the podcast today with host Lynn Baber to demonstrate how speaking and teaching is a creative act. Hello, and welcome to Creatively Christian Podcast. This is Lynn Baber, and I'm excited to be here today with my guest, Rebecca Ann Gregory. Rebecca is a full-time Christian speaker and coach based in Boise, Idaho. As a speaker, she's known for her authentic and strategic delivery of biblical truth and her conviction that what people need is not modern self-help, but Jesus himself. She's spoken at more than 100 events around the country, loves international travel, missions, warm summer evenings, and a great iced caramel macchiato. (laughs) She believes God has placed his creative nature in all humans and that we each have a unique way of reflecting that to the world. So Rebecca, welcome. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Is there anything I missed there that you'd like to just share from the get-go for our audience? No, not really. I mean, I think that that sums it up. Yeah, I'm coming coming to you from Boise, Idaho today. I'm from California, but I, I consider myself an Idahoan now. So very happy to be on the, on the podcast. A citizen of the world. Yes. <laughs> and you and I spoke once before, and it was just a delight. And we were talking about the audience for this podcast and the fact that most of them are younger or create and they're creatives. Mm -hmm. And of course we have listeners of every age, Mm -hmm. but it's really creative speaking to creatives. And we, and we talked about that a little bit. And I think there's something really unique that I thought you could really address. And that is that speaking and Mm -hmm. teaching are actually very creative endeavors. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, on so many levels, right. I mean, it's, I've been speaking for uh, about 10 years now, almost 12. And I don't know if I realized what was happening then when I started speaking, you know, kind of, um, whether you want to call it the gift or the calling or the burden that God was putting on my heart, but more and more over the last 10 years, yeah, I've, I've become very aware of, of the creative process that goes into speaking. I've become very aware of how my brain works, you know, creatively to be able to teach in a different way than some people do. Because when I teach, I'm not just communicating information. You know, I don't want to just throw information at people like they're somebody's audibly reading a textbook to them. <laughs> Um, I really want to communicate in a way that helps people change and transform and that is worth their time. Um, and so there's a whole process that goes into putting together even a 20 minute talk like that, you know, a whole, a 20 minute message like that. And, and some of it is inspiration and some of it is the work and all that, but yeah, it's, um, very, it's very creative and I love doing it. It's also full of angst (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yes, yes. I I, um, think it's very, being a speaker is extremely, um, you have to be creative. 
You know, it seems like creatives, whether you do visual art, mm-hmm. uh, dramatic art, if you write a book, um, if you if you dance, if you're a musician, if you write a song, at some point you have to put out the result of your creative exercise to other people. Yeah. And, and it just, when you said that, it's like, right, because when you start right. to teach, whenever someone gets right. up and starts to share verbally, I mean, what really, is so there a difference helpful. between that and, and being a poet? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know for me, when I speak, it's very vulnerable. And that's part of the reason why, because it, yeah, I'm delivering, you know, God's truth to you, but it's me. And I'm delivering it to you from my heart and I'm delivering it to you in a way that I've put it together logically. And I'm hoping that it lands and I'm hoping I connect with you. Um, And so it's very, it can be, you know, even though I'm not afraid of public speaking, you know, I don't get the nerves that some people get. It still feels, uh, I don't even want to use the word perform because it doesn't feel like I'm performing. I used to do theater in college and, and performing is different than speaking, but in a way, yeah, it feels like I'm, I've built this thing or, or created this thing. And now when I get on stage and it's, and it's go time, I'm offering it to people. I'm, you know, I'm showing it to people. (laughs) You know, there's a creative process. And I I think every artist would explain that differently. So maybe we have somebody in the audience who really would like to be a speaker. Uh, You know, I know musicians who also are speakers now because they're helping other musicians or they're sharing the story that's behind a particular piece. So what is your, what's the process as you understand it that you can share with the audience? Oh man, and I would love to share it because it's taken me about 10 years to put words to it. Um, You know, I never, like I said, when I first started and and I feel like God, like God just, like these things were just coming together in my brain and in my heart. And then I would just sit at Barnes and Noble and I would, you know, work it, work them out on a PowerPoint or uh, put it together in my notebook and just kind of wait for a place to speak, wait for somewhere to deliver all this stuff. But it was, it was still just happening inside of me and, um, and it had to get out. And so I would get it all out, you know, even though I didn't, like I said, I didn't really have a place to deliver it, but, um, you know, especially when I started to get paid to speak and I had deadlines, right? Because you can't always force a creative process. <laughs> uh, there were a couple years there where the process got um, full of anxiety for me hmm. um, until I could kind of figure out how to do this in more succinctly and in a way that I could kind of track with what my timeline was. Okay. I have to speak in two weeks or I have two different events this week, two different talks this week, two different messages, whatever. So yeah, I mean, long story short, I have, I have put my, I have discovered my process and, and even pretty much put words to it. And I'm happy to share it with you and anybody else who wants to hear it. Um, for me, it always starts with just a spark of inspiration. Um, And that spark can come from anywhere. It can come from reading the word of God. It can come from when I'm coaching a woman because, you know, I get into these beautiful, deep conversations and together we'll kind of like, like all of a sudden we'll like stumble upon this new truth or whatever. Um, It can come if I have, if I have to do, you know, somebody's hired me to do a retreat or whatever, and I don't have a spark, I'll go find one, which means I'll just kind of like immerse myself in whatever their topic is. I'll read books. I'll do whatever until 
some idea starts to form. Okay. That's step one for me. Some idea. I don't even know what it is yet, but you just kind of like something sounds and feels interesting to me that starts to form. Um, and then I just kind of, um, uh, absorb everything I can around that topic. So for example, if it's something about prayer or repentance, well, now I'm looking, I'm Googling verses about prayer and I'm going through my Bible. Okay. So, um, now I'm absorbing after those two steps where it's like, I had this little bit of spark and I'm absorbing information around that spark. I I don't, have a great word for this. I've heard the word incubation and I like that word, but really what I feel like happens is that my subconscious or the Holy spirit probably both work on it. Right. So I kind of have to let it lie. This is the phase where I'm like, okay, I don't know if it's going to take an hour or two hours. Maybe I can just go take a walk. Maybe it's going to take a month, but then, then the moment comes where I have the insight, the aha moment. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's what I, what it's going to be about right? This is the main point. This is what God wants me to say. I'm going to build my whole talk around this one concept. It's, it's the, yeah, it's, it's the, the moment of real, I guess you could say inspiration. And then I sit down to prepare. So all like, and when I sit down to prepare, that means I'm, I'm actually, okay, what's my intro and what are my points going to be? And how am I going to drive this point home and all that? But None of that, like me sitting down to prepare happens until all this other stuff has already happened in my brain. Does that make sense? It does. What, <laughs> when you're, when you're speaking, Rebecca, I mean, I've been a speaker as well and yeah. so I, I understand and it's, I'm also can see how it, it really lines out with being a writer, but uh, while you were speaking, I'm thinking of a, of a client of mine who's a painter She's a fine arts painter and a photographer. And I think about how she does her work. And and it just sounds like the process that she uses is very similar to yours. Now, I don't, I know that there are times that we see her canvas and it's got something on it, but you can't tell what it is. Yeah. And I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe you painters out there or something say, (laughs) you know, it's going to be tree. Um, so it's going to be tree. And then I have this thought of tree. I don't know if they immerse themselves in tree. And once they have the tree there, then they fill in the, what's yeah, I don't know the tree. I'm not a painter, but wouldn't that be fascinating <laughs> if that's how I, they do it? Yeah. It sounds very much just like yeah. what you're saying that, mm-hmm. that you have a framework, something that you hang everything else on. Maybe for a songwriter, it's, it's, two a two lines of melody and then all of a sudden they build a song around that right yes yeah exactly and for me that the thing that I hang the whole talk on doesn't come at the beginning usually there's just it's something at the beginning is like oh it's close whatever it is I feel like I'm hitting on it wherever I, I could hear it in a song I could hear it in a sermon I can just you know, in a book I'm reading, but it's very close. And I dig and I dig and I dig through that kind of absorption and through the incubation or letting it lie or whatever you want to call it. But when that hits, when you, when I realize what the thing is, what that, what I'm hanging the whole talk on, then the preparation usually pours out of me pretty fast. Um, and there is one more stage which I've gotten good at. I didn't used to do this where before I move into preparation, I usually 
uh, I guess you could say um, review or like criticize the thought. Like, hmm. has this been done before? Do women really need this? Is it original? Is it going to be what my audience needs? You know, be, just because I think the idea is cool doesn't mean it's a great idea. <laughs> and so there is one stage before I actually commit and I'm like, this is what, what I'm going to put out into the world. I need to make sure that uh, it's relevant and necessary. <laughs> and, and I don't know if other creatives do that, but I know as a writer, I do that. Yeah. You know, I think this is one of those imposter syndrome things or the inner critic things. And a songwriter might think, okay, I'm writing a song about, you know, joy. So mm -hmm. how many songs are there already about joy? Mm -hmm. Or you're mm -hmm. doing a painting of a sunset. Mm -hmm. Well, how many other paintings are there of a sunset? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Uh, it just kind of seems that when the inspiration, when you're trying to work for the Lord and you're bringing his message, right, right. there has to almost be something unique about it. What do you think? Well, and I think what that uniqueness is, at least what God has laid on my heart is me. And I don't, I don't mean to say that like conceitedly, I just mean, you know, cause I've had those exact same thoughts. Uh, you know, women teach about prayer all the time. I don't need to teach about prayer. Women have heard about prayer a thousand times. I'm tired of hearing about prayer. And, but then, yeah, if it's really what God wants me to say, I, I get a urge from the Holy spirit that just says, yeah, but they haven't heard it from you or they haven't heard it this way or, you know what I mean? And so I stick with those ones. Or they haven't hit it today. Something I've learned yeah. is that repetition, yeah. repetition is valuable. We, yeah. we think, you know, I've written about this. I've spoken about this. Everybody's heard about this, but we also forget you and I were just talking a few minutes ago about distraction in the world. Our minds leave those things we want to think about and dwell on. And yeah. so it can be so in the moment valuable when that comes up again. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I, I I've used the word lately amnesia. I'm like, I feel like I have amnesia about the thing that worked for me, you know, oh, this consistency and X, Y, and Z changed my life, but then I forgot to keep doing it. <laughs> or I know how good God is, but then I forgot. <laughs> I was there this morning. I'm going back there regularly. I'm doing a book on that right now, but I keep making the same mistake myself. So I wanted to ask you about something, Rebecca. When we spoke, if I remember correctly, you said just, just like someone is called to music or called to sculpture or called to whatever it is that they're called to. I think you said that you remember when God said or called you to be a speaker when you were 11 years old. Can you tell us about that? Well, I, I remember, um, well, I actually think the, the, the sort of almost audible, I mean, it wasn't audible, but like in my heart, I was 27 but I remember as far back as 11, clearly, because I was in seventh grade, um, being uh, enamored. I don't know if that's the right word. Interested, taken differently with watching women speak than anything else in my life. Um, you know, I was, I was an average 11 year old and I liked horses and I liked, you know, my dogs and I liked my friends at school and I was like learning how to play basketball and stuff. But 
I'll never forget when my pastor's wife stood up to speak uh, to, you know, like the junior high girls at church. And I don't remember what she said because I wasn't focusing on what she said. I was focusing on the fact that there's a woman up there who's communicating, you know, truth to me, someone who's not my mom, not that it it didn't really matter that it wasn't my mom, but she just, she spoke with um, authority and she spoke with kindness and peace and it impacted me greatly. It just impacted me so greatly. And I remember from that age, just being like, you know, and from that point on, because I would go to women's conferences or women of faith kind of stuff, you know, in the like late nineties. And, um, again, I don't remember what any of the women said. I only ever remember thinking if I could be on, if I could do that someday, you know, and it wasn't about, oh, I want to be on that platform or how many people could I speak to? It was just, it was like a calling. It was like a feeling that that was, that that was going to be me up there someday. And I do remember very clear something that you something that I heard you say that I just think it's I mean it's I would love as a matter of fact this would be a great title for this podcast which is painting word pictures for women you said I paint word Mm -hmm. pictures for women I'd love to hear more about that (laughs) yeah I think that um so yeah my, my greatest kind of passion is helping women move truth from their head to their heart okay because I think a lot of women know the truth right? But it doesn't impact their daily life. It doesn't change how they feel about themselves. It's not affecting their confidence or their anxiety or their relationships or whatever. They know it all. Okay. But I'm like, what do we got to do to get it to land? And I think, and even the more and more that I look at how God teaches us, right. With parables, with, with allegory. I mean, just with revelation, with Jen, I mean, like so much of the word of God is pictures and it provokes us and it speaks to part of us in a way that other stuff just doesn't. So almost every single talk I have, in fact, I think every single message that I deliver usually ends with uh, um, an analogy or an allegory of some sort that drives the point home. And I do think that's part of what maybe makes, hopefully (laughs) makes my speaking, uh, unique. But yeah, I I often have women come up to me afterwards and say, when you said X, Y, and Z, and it's always the analogy, it's always the allegory. It's always that when you said X, Y, and Z, it finally made sense. It finally clicked. And so, yeah, I'm always trying to think of ways of, okay, there's this heavy biblical truth, right? That can change our life. But how do I present it to women in a way that they get it? How can I make them get it? How can I help them connect with it? Um, and, and it's usually through a picture, but I don't paint, I speak. So it, it has to be a picture with words. <laughs> and it, doesn't that seem like that's really the point of all artistic endeavor to, to mm-hmm. communicate something? Yeah. Yeah to communicate something that hopefully stirs up something in other people. Right. I mean, I mean, there's two really big things I have noticed that if if you want to get someone's attention, there's one of really two things you can do. You can tell them something they don't know. I mean, you can give them a scoop, right. Or you can engage their emotions. 
-hmm. And it seems mm -hmm. to me that art, whether it's a word picture, a painting, a, a song, a lyric, mm -hmm. you know, anything, if it's successful, it's going to make that connection. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Engaging their emotions, connecting with them enough that the message gets through. <laughs> yeah. Somehow they own it. It becomes real. Just like those women tell you when they're here, whatever your illustration or allegory, they just go now I can own that because I understand it. Yeah. There's something else I want to ask you about. Okay. You have a podcast and mm -hmm. I know that that you've said you're not afraid to deliver truth bombs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us about truth bombs. Um, well, it's, uh, it's almost like what you just said about like triggering people's emotions, right? I mean, I'm uh, not in a mean way in any way, shape or form, but I don't, I think women can handle the truth. I don't, I don't think we need to um, kind of dance around stuff. I, I just don't. I mean, I think we need to be kind. I always want to deliver the truth in love. I always want to be full of grace, but like still here's the truth. Okay. Here's the truth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just being quick sometimes. I think the, the truth can be swift and I think people want that actually. So, you know, I have had to learn to dial that back a little in coaching. Occasionally I have coaching clients that are more like peacemaker. Uh, they're not real comfortable with uh, uncomfortable emotions and, and truth can do that. Truth can quickly stir up uncomfortable emotions. And, and some people love that. Some people are like, give it to me. Like, I love how this makes me feel alive or how it reignites my faith. Other people shuts them down. And so I, I have had to learn uh, particularly in one-on-one -on -one environments, how to not kind of over truth bomb on people. <laughs> uh, but again, it's not about me trying to like make people uncomfortable or trying to be right or anything like that. It's just, this is the truth and this is what will set you free. So why are we wasting time? <laughs> it seems like it's also a style. Uh, it's just yeah. music is music. Except mm -hmm. I can just say, if you're someone who you want the deep beat, the it's loud, great way to say it, you know, mm -hmm. you want your praise and worship music mm -hmm. coming in and just resounding off the walls. Cause that's what gets your emotions yeah. going. But then the next person might go, you know what? It's not my style. I would like to hear an old hymn played on a harp. <laughs> oh, that's a really good way to say it. Yeah, that's a great way to say it because I know even from, I know that some of the people who will be in my groups or listen to my podcast or drive hours to hear me speak, it's because they like my style, right? It's yes. because they, they don't even know what I'm talking about, but they like my style and some people don't, but yeah, that's definitely, um, that kind of directness and simplicity, but then okay, I know that was a hard truth. So let me help you again. I, I'm all about, but how do we get you to get it? Okay. I'm not just going to spit truth at you and walk away. I want to help you get it. And that's kind of where usually the softer creative, like word picture parts come in. Well, because specifically with you in, in the context of what you do, but I'm thinking it, it's probably similar with so many people in our audience, no matter what their creative outlet is. But because 
the one thing that defines all of us is, is our walk with the Lord. Yeah. That his truth is our truth. And that when we, we want to use whatever he's given us mm-hmm. to bring that to people who maybe haven't seen how big his truth is because none of us knows the exhaustive enormity of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Was there a question there or is that just, there is it? I'm just kind of like going, you know, wow, this just kind of like blows my mind because at first I was thinking, yeah, okay. Speaking and teaching, but these, the way you're presenting it, Rebecca, they are full blown creative outlets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure maybe some people, there might be like a college professor out there who doesn't, you know, maybe, maybe there are some people who are just trying to communicate the basic information, but I think most pastors, speakers, inspirational speakers, good teachers, um, teachers who want it to land are very, yeah, it's full-blown creative. Yeah, that's, that is such a good point, Rebecca. I'm so glad you made that, that, you know, if, if we do our job right, as you started with today, something is changed, something is transformed because a person was exposed to mm-hmm. whatever it is that we've done, whatever it is that someone does with their art, that there's a way that that can be used secularly and that's all good. But when you're, when you're, when you're being David with the harp, the yeah. whole point of it is yes. to point us to God. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That is the whole point of it. And I want to do it well. And I want to do it how God created, you know, me to do it uniquely. And there are times I feel like I nail it and times I feel like I don't. And times I feel like where I've overthought it and times I feel like I didn't put enough effort into it, but you know, I just trust God with it all. (laughs) I'm like, here, I'm holding it with my open hands and, and, you know, do with it what you want. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So from your perspective, we're going to be closing out here in a couple of minutes. Okay. You know, when you think about our audience, um, what, what words or what's the last thought you might want to share with them? Um, I think waiting is a weird thought to share. Um, I think waiting on God to, if you're not sure, I mean, I bet your audience are all already kind of know what their thing is. Maybe they don't, but I I just, you know, I waited a long time. I, I don't know, maybe seven is not a long time, but I didn't know for sure that that's, this is what you're supposed to do kind of until I was that old. And until then though, it was always kind of there in the background and, and God was teaching me and I was learning and being broken in all the ways that I needed to. So you know, don't force anything. I think God will tell you and show you and bring something to life in you um, when the time is right. But when that happens, when that happens, don't run from it. Don't deny it. Don't play it small. Like, you know, um, I think it was two months maybe after I felt the call to speak that I 
went to our campus. I was on staff at Liberty University at the time. And I went to the campus pastor's office and I said, I want to speak. I want to start a Bible study for all the women on this campus. And there's 15,000 students on campus at Liberty University. And, And they were like, okay, well, we'll keep you in mind, you know. And two weeks later, they called me and told me to do it. And so, so, you know, knock on doors when you know what your thing is, go make it happen. Don't manufacture it. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to fake it. Don't be impatient until God brings it to you. But when he does be fearless, like go make it happen. I love that. I love that. Um, So many times people go, well, if God really wants me to do this, he's going to open the door. Someone's going to call me. And it's like, he's, he's given this to you for a reason. Be Yeah. And be a good steward of your gift and of your time and of your talent. I'm, I'm definitely more of an advocate of knock on the doors. And if he wants me to walk through it, he'll open it. But I, in no way, shape or form, wait for people to come knock on my doors. I don't do that. That's a great way to put that. You'll knock, but you're not invested in if it opens or not. Oh no, not at all. If it doesn't open, it's like next, next, next. Like God is, you know what I mean? I don't take it personally. It's no big deal. And when the time is right, the door will open. But yeah, I mean, it's even starting my business, right? I mean, starting your business is hard and scary and a lot of no's, but when you know, it's what God wants you to do, there's not really anything that's going to stop you. I think that I think that is fabulous. Rebecca, this has been so good. And I think it really applies to a lot more people than who might be thinking I'm called to speak or I'm called to teach. Uh, And even for homeschool parents out there, in Mm. order to do that, well, oh, my goodness, you have to be infinitely creative. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca, where I know we're going to have some links in our show notes, but where can people find you? Yeah. So mainly I hang out on Instagram or on my website. Um, so yeah, the website is my first name dash and my middle name, which I think those links will be in the notes I would imagine. And then my Instagram as well. Um, and I would love to connect with people there. Well, Rebecca, I just thank you so much. This has just been delightful. I'm never going to, I'm never going to hear, you know, well, I'll tell you, I'm going to look at women speakers differently. (laughs) Good. Oh, that makes me happy. But thank you so much. Audience, we're just so glad you were here with us today. You know, God bless you. And when God gives you that power and that nudge, just move forward with it. Mm-hmm. Don't be, as Rebecca just said, you don't have to be personally invested in the result because we all know that God will bring the increase. Amen. Rebecca, thank you so much. I just am, am so grateful to have you. And We'll look forward to all of you on the next episode from Creatively Christian Podcast. Thanks, Len. Thank you so much for listening today. To see the show notes where we put resources mentioned in this episode, you can head over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Gregory. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a blessed day, and keep on creating for our Lord.